In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you ever hear words from Scripture that you wish weren't there? I mean, do you ever, ever hear certain things that you say, you know, why in the world is that there? Because that's, that's impossible to do. Well, that's sort of been the, the lessons the last few days and weeks as you've been going through chapel and going through Matthew, and especially reading in Matthew chapter 5, all of those things about the commandments and how Jesus really ramps up, I guess, the responsibility we have of following the law. Our text for today, the end of chapter 5, sort of brings to a conclusion the first part of Jesus' teaching. He's been teaching about anger, he's been teaching about divorce and marriage, he's been teaching about lust and all of those things that go along with it. And then at the end of chapter 5, as we heard read, he says, now, be good, love one another, don't seek vengeance for those who would come after you. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek and let them slap you again. Now, how countercultural is that? How, how much against our own desire? If somebody hits me, I'm going to hit them back. When I go out of Ridgeline Drive on Friday, I mean, on, at 5 o'clock on any afternoon, and I watch all that traffic coming down the coming down Ridgeline, and, and all of a sudden a guy comes down the left lane and goes all the way to the front, and he sneaks in to make a right-hand turn, and I make a fist, because how dare he do that, or she, I couldn't tell. <laughs> but but, but that's, that's our nature. Our nature is to react. Our nature is to get vengeance. Our nature, that internal old Adam in us, desire is that we would seek vengeance. We want to hurt somebody who hurts us. How often don't we hear a news story of a family that's experienced a tragic murder of a loved one and the anger, the vengeance that's there, understandably so. Then Jesus goes on and and he says, you know, what good is there? If you love your friends, I tell you, love your enemies. Or what good is it if you invite friends over for dinner? Then they're going to have to invite you back. But he talks about how we relate to one another in a way that is Christ-like. How we relate to one another in a manner that reaches out to demonstrate that love of Christ in a godly way. As we go through the season of Lent, we're reminded of just what that really means. We hear again, for example, the words of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53, who talks about the suffering servant who is to come. His words later fulfilled in our Lord himself when when Isaiah says, For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
that picture from Isaiah of the suffering servant lived out in the life of Christ, who comes very much that way, despised and rejected. I think it's interesting in Matthew's gospel that he begins his gospel reading with the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Christ really hasn't done much yet in Matthew's gospel, other than beginning to gather his disciples. And he does say that he went about teaching and in his preaching and his teaching, he always was about healing the sick. But Jesus has this long teaching of the Sermon on the Mount for his disciples, and he's really sort of setting a vision for them of what it was going to be like. And then as you go through the rest of his ministry and his teaching of his disciples, he lives out what he taught them in the first place. The Apostle Paul says it another way in, Ephesians, or in Philippians chapter 2, when he says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. That picture of Christ that we see and intensifies for us during these last few weeks of Lent. As Jesus gets closer to Jerusalem, as we see him model for us love for those who are unlovable, care for those who are not cared for, and he instructs us to do the same, to look for those in need. Look for those who are the lost, left out, the lonely, that we might reach out to them. Part of my job as district president quite often is preaching at the installation of pastors beginning their new responsibilities in a church, and I've done that several times already this year. But one of the texts I often talk to pastors about when we are installing them in ministry is going to that picture of Jesus in the upper room the night he's, night he's just before he's going to be betrayed. And Jesus, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they focus upon Jesus giving his disciples the Lord's Supper. But in John's Gospel, John points out more the servant of Jesus, the self-sacrifice of Jesus, because in John's gospel, he says that as they gathered for the meal, there was no one there to wash the feet. So Jesus got up from where he was lying, and he took off his outer garment, and he got down on his knees, and he went one by one, and he washed the feet of his disciples, realizing that every one of those men before the night was over were going to betray him. That every one of those men the night before the night was over were going to deny that they even knew him. And yet Jesus, demonstrating that kind of servant love, washes their feet and then shares the sacrament with them. That's what, Matt, what Jesus is talking about at the end of Matthew chapter 5. That idea of not retaliating, not showing anger for anger, not showing vengeance for vengeance, but being able to love and forgive 
like Christ, loves and forgives us. His death for us who didn't deserve it. His life for us who celebrate it because of him. As you walk around campus today, maybe you're going to see somebody who looks lonely. Maybe you're going to see somebody who just needs a kind word. Maybe you're going to see somebody who just needs a hug. Look for the person who needs to be loved in the name of Jesus in your life today. Amen.